0: All right, Rowdy, we'll uh, break it down one by one. We already talked about it. We'll we'll dive back in. Round one, pick number 13 out of Iowa, the linebacker, Hercules. Hercules, or defensive end, Lucas Van Ness. I still love it.
1: Obviously, we talked about this on Friday. I was a Jackson Smith and Jigba guy. That was my guy. That was the number one guy on my quote-unquote board for the Green Bay Packers. But Lucas Van Ness was a guy that did make it on my list of players that I wouldn't mind the green Bay Packers drafting. Cause it made sense. You know, he can play technically three different positions, I guess, or at least he did at Iowa. He can be an edge rusher, a defensive end with his hand on the ground. And he's even taken snaps inside, but yeah, he's the freak athlete, right? He's got the RAS score of a Nick Bosa. He is the young up-and-coming player that's only played legitimately two years of college football and is 21 years old. That's the guy that they're hoping is going to be their streamer. He's going to be their stud. And with Rashawn Gary most likely missing time, Preston Smith is into his early 30s, and he's not going to be around forever. Yeah. They needed some edge rusher. So, yes, I I give Lucas Hercules, Van Ness Hercules. a thumbs up. Even though I was a Jackson Smith and Jigba guy, I still like the pick. It, it only could have went up if it was Jackson Smith and Jigba.
0: Uh, so up next in round two, pick number 42, Brian Gudikun's Packers GM. He goes offense tight end out of Oregon State, Luke Musgrave.
1: This guy's coming off a, a knee injury, too, though. Yeah, and so... This is like the pick of ceiling over production because Luke Musgrave, he was a guy that the college production really wasn't there. I believe he had less than 50 catches in his career. He had less than five touchdowns in his entire college career. Now, with that being said, when you look at what he can do when he is on, on the field, he is actually, so if you looked at the top tight ends I would say overall, kind of the top two were Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer by most publications. Dalton Kincaid was more of the receiving tight end that really couldn't inline block. Michael Mayer was more of the inline blocker that also could catch the football, but he wasn't a big yak guy. He wasn't a big yards after catch athlete. Luke Musgrave is actually kind of the combination of the two. He's a guy that does really good work in the seam can catch the football. He's athletic over uh, after the catch, but at the same time he can get in there. He can, he can block in line and he can seal block. The one big thing with him is the lack of college production. He had one pretty good year in 2021. He showed a lot of flashes in college. He just couldn't stay on the field due to injuries. So this is one where, Luke Musgrave could turn into a pretty good pick if he can stay on the field. Yeah. it's it's. I really do believe that Luke Musgrave, if he stays healthy, can be a solid tight end. That, that's Well, that's good. And brand it, good It's just the health. Yeah.
0: And then up uh, pick number 50, round two. On his birthday, nonetheless, Badger fans will remember him. Our sports director Zach Halpern joined us an hour ago-ish talking about how he caught a touchdown and also threw for a touchdown on Bucky. Wide receiver Jaden Reed out of Michigan State.
1: Now, I think there are things you can nitpick with Jaden Reed. One, a lot of publications didn't have him going in the second round. A lot of them had yeah. him more of a consensus third it's round like A lot pick. of people not really liking the... Uh... There were other receivers that were out there that were more notable names or getting higher draft grades that might have more uh, attributes that were desired by NFL teams. But if that was their guy and they saw that some of the guys that were still on the board, they weren't really in love with, but they liked him. He makes sense because they attacked the wide receiver position and they needed wide receivers. Yeah. And more specifically, Jaden Reed is a slot. He can pl- probably play outside, but looking at the Packers roster and how they drafted, he is probably going to be one of their main slot guys going into next year. Cause what? Outside of Samari Toure, it was pretty light for guys that consistently play in the slot. Yeah. So I think you can nitpick this just based on some of the other wide receivers out there at the time, but they did go wide receiver, which the Packers needed. Yeah.
0: And then up next, Rowdy, uh, you basically can chalk this guy's career up uh, to be done before it even starts because it came in the third round. <laughs> Joking, but with Brian Gutekunst track record in the third
1: round, he's if, not good. If you go one further in his track round, in the third, or his track record in the third round and on tight ends. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, because that would be uh, Jay Sternberger. In
0: fact, Jay Sternberger was playing in the uh, XFL, by the way, over the weekend. Or was it USFL, one or the other. But round three, pick 78, another tight end, Tucker Kraft out of the South Dakota State. This guy seems like he's badass, though. This guy seems freaking
1: cool. Yeah, this was the guy that had his draft party in a legitimate garage with people that look like they live on your block.
2: Yeah, like, like good old he, boys.
1: He he is he is definitely a close enough Wisconsinite, actually from South Dakota. But I I think Tucker Craft was actually him and and Lucas Van Ness were guys that made my list for guys I wanted the Packers to draft. Weirdly enough, Musgrave and Reed were fringe guys that I didn't add to the smaller list that I tweeted out. Mm-hmm. But the, they were fringe guys for me. Tucker Craft, I liked him, and in the in the third round, I think they got a pretty pretty good value on this too because he was projected in a lot of publications second third round. So I think they might have gotten a little bit of value out of Tucker Craft. And we had Zach Heilprint on our sports director earlier, and there were SEC schools having him uh, reaching out to have him come. Yeah, I have the audio of it to their schools for big time NIL money cause he was a really good tight end at the FCS level. Like he kind of dominated FCS and just like Luke Musgrave, he can do both. He's a guy that can catch the football. He's decently athletic after the catch. And at the same time they can line him up in line and he blocks
0: just to get your man. that can do both rowdy. Well,
1: I think we know, we know that Matt LaFleur likes to run the football, right? We know that he likes to have two tight end sets. That's they have their two tight ends. Both are inline blockers. Both can catch the football. Both are decently athletic after the catch. Bo I wouldn't be catch surprised both if both of these. of these guys, maybe not right away because DeGuara has been there, done that, but I wouldn't be surprised by week 10. If both of these guys are the two starting tight ends, with a lot of upside. The only other uh, bugaboo about Tucker craft is the fact that he did play FCS. So it wasn't the best competition, but I think it tells you something when teams like Alabama are wanting him to come there. He's pretty good. The only other thing, injuries. He's had a few injuries. He had an ankle sprain that limited him last year. But I truly believe if if Musgrave and Kraft can stay healthy, I think they both can be solid tight ends. I don't want to I don't want to compare them to But do it. Gronkowski and Hernandez when the Patriots No, you're talking about
0: Hernandez on the field, right? Of course. Okay.
1: Those two on the field when they drafted them? and they had two dueling tight ends that were both really good. They were mercantiles. I don't know if I want to say that Musgrave's going to be insert one of them and Kraft's going to be the other one to because they were both really freaking good. Mm-hmm. But I think they can be solid players for the Packers.
0: Now, speaking of uh, Tucker Kraft, I wanted to play this quick. There's two things. Uh, when he came on to have uh, a conference call with the media, this, this is funny. Take a listen. I
2: appreciate you, and uh, we we'll look forward to meeting you.
0: Yes, sir. Uh sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am. Um, <laughs>
3: <That's>
2: okay. <laughs> Thanks, we'll I, see I, you. I had a couple
3: drinks waiting for my name to be called. Um <laughs> uh, very excited to meet you guys as well. Um, I'm ready to be in, in Green Bay for sure. <laughs> Thanks, we'll I,
2: see I, you. I had a couple drinks waiting for my name to be called.
0: Uh, <laughs> I had a couple of na- I had a couple drinks waiting for my name to be called. As he calls Sarah Quick, the PR lady for the Packers yes sir I mean man 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 <laughs> and this is the other one for the NIL stuff yeah, yeah. the Packers
2: just took Tucker Kraft tight end out of South oh, Dakota baby. State I
0: mean this dude
1: Go so Jags, fun the body. but Darnell Washington is just
2: like yeah uh, there's, we'll there's see. some health
1: concerns there with Darnell um if you don't know Tucker Craft's story, you're going to get to know it in a hurry here. This dude uh, was unbelievable at South Dakota State, who totally dominated
3: FCS this past year. They won the national championship. I think their first or second one ever. North Dakota State's won like mm-hmm. eight out of the
1: past yep, ten, yep. but South Dakota State decided to break up the party. Tucker Craft, prior this year, had massive offers to enter the transfer portal and go play for Nick Saban at Alabama and probably collect seven figures in NIL money down there. He said, you know something? Appreciate the offer. I'm going to Finish off what I had been working for. Really? really? The South Dakota State. So, yeah. yeah,
0: there you go. That's pretty badass. Uh, also, I had a couple of beers waiting for his name to be called. <laughs> Roadie, round four, uh, pick number 116, defensive lineman, Colby Wooden out of Auburn.
1: Yeah, this was another guy that I actually liked for my list for the Packers draft. He was a, in a lot of publications, he was a guy that was seen as being a third round pick. So I think the Packers got some value here. And we're talking about Lucas Van Ness, how he could play potentially edge rusher, defensive end, and took snaps in line at at Mm D-tackle. Colby Wooden is a guy that did that exact same thing at Auburn. And this is a a guy that is bigger, but about the same size as Luke Van Ness, pretty athletic. He actually did some of his best work in line with his hand on the ground. So I think this is going to be really interesting. The one knock on him... Was that they don't know if he would fit into a three four because if he does have to put his hand on the ground, he is only two hundred and seventy three pounds, which normally you like to see those guys with the hands on the ground at two ninety plus. Yeah. So like Van Ness, maybe a little undersized to have his hand on the ground, but at the same time very athletic, had some really good tape. I just like the fact that he can play three different positions. He's and a, same thing with he's Van an athlete, Ness again. And a, Goody likes the athletes. And that's the other thing is. They got good value on him. They got him in the fourth round when the odds on uh, value for him was probably third.
0: Yeah, Uh, we'll do more of it coming up after the break here. As uh, we talked about round five, pick 149, which was the quarterback out of Penn State, Sean Clifford. We'll get back into it as uh, we're just kind of recovering and recapping the the Packers draft here. The lowest grade we've seen, and keep in mind, grades are, they literally mean nothing then you can't really grade it till like three to five years down the road still. But the lowest grade that I've seen, and they have already seen, B+. Plus. Everyone else is around A, A-. minus,
1: A, a to B+. Plus. Yeah, so and right. one publication that was not a Green Bay, Wisconsin publication, I did see the Packers got the best draft. We'll <laughs> <laughs> dive more into that, it. That, I don't know. I, just, I, I know. like it, but that's... What I saw. Who did they say had the worst? Did I did not look say? for that. I was just uh, skimming for the Packers.
0: Back to the Packers draft here. Round five, the fifth pick. Pop that, turn him to a superhero. Sean Clifford goes to the Green Bay Packers.
1: Yeah, I already kind of vented about this pick. This Who is, likes it? This is the pick that I absolutely hate. I think you probably could have got him in the late seventh honestly probably could have signed him as a priority free agent doesn't make sense to me I know that they say they like him working with the quarterback room helping with scheme helping with all that stuff but it doesn't make sense to me why you would spend a fifth round pick on essentially a consultant
0: Now, a lot of people are saying, okay, well, he's the Rose Bowl MVP. He's the all-time leading passer for Penn State. He's got all the touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, he made Will Levis transfer out to Kentucky.
1: And to those people, I would say... He was surrounded by a ton of talent at Penn State, both wide receiver, tight end, and running back while he was there. And, oh, by the way, while he was there, it was for forever. It was like five years. He was years. the starting quarterback forever. And two, or three, I guess, I'm not high on Will Levis. I <laughs> wouldn't have drafted Will Levis. So great. He beat out another quarterback I don't like. Uh, right. Does anyone like the the Clifford pick? here?
0: I, I, I posed this on a... Ask it. Uh, I posed it, so I'm going to have it answered. Line four. Good morning, Daniel. Who's on line four? Hello.
2: Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good. Uh, you guys were just looking for some uh, crappy draft, uh, draft grades, and if you look at uh, Forty <laughs> News, <laughs> yes, <laughs> they got them at 25 as a C minus.
0: oh oh, that is the lowest than a ooh C minus. What did What did you think personally? Did you like it? Do you like it? Uh.
2: I kind of tune out till, uh, till they actually draft picks. I don't really care, but
0: yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because they have literally done nothing, you know.
2: Yeah, I don't know half the people drafted anyway, so what's the matter? You
0: know? <laughs> Here is the th- I like it. It's like I'll learn who you are if you're good, right? Right.
2: Yeah.
0: You show <laughs> out, let's do it. You know. Hell yeah, show out, and then I'll learn your name. I love it. Hey, <laughs> what's, your, what's your name? Tim. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it, brother. You hey, all right, Rowdy, Up next uh for round so there's the lowest some sporting news. Uh round 5 pick number 159, we go back to wide receiver Dontavian Wicks.
1: Yeah, this Virginia. is a, This is a really interesting one. So Dontavian Wicks had a really really big 2021. I believe he had an ankle sprain in 2022. His production really wasn't close to the same, but there was a lot of different things going on with Virginia last year. They had a coaching change, they had their quarterback graduate the year before, and the offense just in general was pitiful. So, was that Dontavian Wicks? Was that kind of Virginia in the offense? maybe a little bit of both but Dontavion Wicks is interesting cuz he's a 6-1 wide receiver and he doesn't have big time deep speed he ran like a 4-6 in the 40s so he's not he's not a fast receiver but he he the way he runs his routes and baits uh corners according to his profile they love that about him and again he's a guy that had really really good catch radius and a guy that won a lot of 50, 50 balls. So he's crafty in and out of his routes and he does go up and get balls and he does win a lot of 50, 50 balls. I think the Packers are looking for the upside in 2021 when he had a quarterback and a decent offense and not the terrible quarterback, terrible head coach, terrible offense (laughs) that he was in his, in his last year at Virginia. But again, they went for another wide receiver. It's another pass yeah. catcher adding to that room. Yep. So I can't ends, really argue with it.
0: Yep. And now, round six, pick number 1799, defensive lineman Carl Brooks out of Bowling Green. Now, Baseball. this was a
1: another guy. He didn't make my list for guys that I was super interested in. But like I said, I watched the entire draft, and Lewis Riddick, Mel Kuyper, they all, they all loved this they guy. The here's the guy treatment. Now, here's the guy. He was drafted in the sixth round by the Packers, but he's a guy at Bowling Green that absolutely dominated the Mac. And when you play at a smaller college or a a smaller level, you got to dominate, right? Because you're going to the NFL. It's not like he's playing against the big 10 or the SEC. Well, he absolutely dominated. He led Bowling Green In sacks, like I think it was every year but one. And he, he, like he absolutely came in and dominated. But the other cool thing about Carl Brooks was not only do they think that he could potentially be an edge rusher, but he has defensive end and he played snaps inside. It's the exact same model as Lucas Van Ness, it's the exact same thing as Colby Wooden, who they took the edge out of Auburn. He's the same thing. He can play all three of those positions. And one of the things that they raved about and Lewis Riddick actually mentioned this on the draft, he might be the best technical edge defensive end when it comes to hands and moves like, hmm. like Lucas Van Ness is known for his bull rush. Cause he's a big, powerful uh, his name's quick yeah. guy who's just going to come right at you and run through you. This guy was the most technical. And they said that at the senior bowl, he was winning a lot of one-on-one battles with the offensive linemen because of how good his hands were and how technical he is. And another thing with both Brooks and Wicks, the receiver out of Virginia that we just talked about, both of these guys were seen as guys that were going to be taken higher in the draft. Wicks was a consensus fourth-round pick. Packers got him in the fifth. Brooks was a consensus fifth-round pick. Packers got him in the sixth. So those two guys... A lot of the analysts on the on the news really liked them and thought the Packers <laughs> got pretty good value there.
0: I will right, we'll do a little quicker here for around uh, the last one. in round six is a kicker, Anders Carlson out of Auburn. He's six foot five. Uh, this dude is uh, is this signaling the end officially of Mason Crosby with Anders Carlson.
1: I it. think it is, especially because this is another guy outside of Sean Clifford that they probably could have got away with signing him after the draft. But it is he is a kicker. They need a kicker since Mason Crosby is a free agent and they only have one on the roster that is essentially a practice squad kicker. Yeah. And the fact that they used a draft pick to select him, they must have really liked totally. him and or they thought because there was a lack of kickers, he could have been drafted. All I know is that Daniel Carlson is his brother. Daniel Carlson is a very good kicker for the Raiders. And he is a guy that had pretty good years at Auburn. The only big uh, year where he had a down year was coming off of his ACL injury. Yeah. And now he's, I believe, going to be, in 2023, will be two years removed from that ACL. So I think the Packers must have really liked him.
0: A kicking runs in the dude's family. Anders Carlson. And then round seven, we have uh, four picks. i uh, kind of running out of time here. You want to save it for a little
1: later, Rowdy? Sure, can we just... can jump into him right, after we'll, we'll do
0: that. It's, you know, it's... You know, round seven. Find some value over there. Alright, finishing up the rest of the Packers draft class here. As this is just uh this is all rowdy round seven. Goody dips it into some defense.
1: Pick number two thirty-two
0: out of Kentucky, Carrington Valentine.
1: Yeah, Valentine coming out of Kentucky. He was a guy that was one of the fringe guys that I almost put on my list for a late round pick. Consensus was for him was kind of the seventh round, but he's a guy that played at Kentucky for four years. We know Kentucky under Stoops has had pretty solid defenses and he played both corner and safety. So there's a little versatility there probably can help them out at not only corner, but as a nickel corner, he's a guy that he's not going to come in and start. He's not taking Jair Alexander's job. He's not taking Eric Stokes' job when healthy. He's not taking Rasul Douglas's job. But he can help add some depth, especially to a room that could have used it. And the fact that he has some versatility to play a little safety in nickel, uh, nickel corner, he he probably finds his way on this roster and it, it is a depth piece. So I, I think they found a player.
0: Now, him being from Kentucky, do you think that he enjoys – mayonnaise in his coffee like Will Levis I don't know Uh, up next though for the Packers we got a running back out of Central Michigan pick number 235 so the
1: round Lou Nichols yeah so looking at the Packers roster obviously they have Aaron Jones he's gonna be around this year and probably next year Uh, AJ Dillon he's on the last year of his contract and they gotta kind of make a decision on him in the next year or so and then outside of that, you have Patrick Taylor, who again has been a pretty solid third, fourth back for the Packers, but that's kind of just what he is. Yeah. And then you have uh, Goodson out of Iowa who rounds out your running back room. Lou Nichols is an interesting one because if you look at his 2022, it wasn't great. Now he also had an ankle sprain in 2022 and wasn't the same guy. But if you look at what he did when he was healthy in 2021, He had like 1,700 yards rushing, and I believe he led the NCAA in rushing that year. That's pretty big time. Now, he's also a hammer. He's 5'11", 220. He's a big back. Now, he doesn't have breakaway speed, but he is a big back. If anything, maybe if you're looking towards the future, if this type of guy catches on, that might mean maybe they're not as interested in A.J. Dillon. Yeah. Because A.J. Dillon is the hammer, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it's a seventh-round pick. So does he catch on? Who knows? But, yes, he had a really good year in 2021. He's going to be a big physical guy that has decent vision. He just doesn't have breakaway speed, and it's a seventh-round pick trying to fill out your running back room.
0: And two more picks that were left in the seventh round, the safety, Anthony Johnson Jr. out of Iowa State.
1: Love this pick absolutely love this oh, pick. the rowdy love Anthony Johnson made my list at safety depending on what publication you looked at they could have him listed at safety at corner he was depending on where you look he was slotted as high as a third round pick and I know Brugler and NFL.com had him as a fifth round pick. I think Anthony Johnson jr out of Iowa State has a shot at playing the skull, like not, not, not making the roster at legitimately playing. And this is a seventh round pick. He's a guy at Iowa state that was originally a corner switched to safety late in his career. So he's a really good cover guy. And it, just like Karen, uh, Carrington Valentine, he has that versatility to play corner, play safety, play nickel slot, like, I think this guy is actually going to come in, and especially because safety is pretty lean at the moment. I think if he comes in and plays well, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts this year. I love Anthony Johnson at yeah, Iowa State.
0: Goody Kuns has asked a bunch if uh, with that, will they have to re-sign safety Adrian Amos? Is there still a chance? Uh, we'll get the more comments tomorrow from Goody. And then finally, the last pick in the draft uh, for the Packers, pick number two five six, on a
1: Charlotte wide receiver, Grant Debo. I also love this pick. This was one of the guys that made my late round receiver pick. Yeah, he played at Charlotte, but this is a big receiver. This is, this is a guy that's six, two plus he can jump a little bit. He's a big time fade receiver. So if you're out, you know, close to the goal line, you run those fades big time fade route guy, won a ton of 50, 50 balls at a lower level. So he's going to have to prove that he can do that at the big show, right? In the NFL. But he is a big wide out he's going to test them vertically he's going to go up and get balls overall when we look back on this draft what did the Packers do well they got three edge slash defensive end slash guys that have taken snaps at at inside at defensive tackle mm-hmm. they're all versatile I love the fact that this is a young up and coming defensive line and edge rushers outside of really Preston Smith and Kenny Clark I think we're going to see all three of the edge slash DNs play at least a little bit this year. And I think they're just going to use them versally. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if Van Ness is an edge. And then the next thing you know, he's a DN. I think all three of them, they're going to rotate them, see where they best fit in the NFL. And then that'll be their position. So uh, yeah, looking at that, uh, like the tight ends, both of them, I think can be pretty solid. You look at the receivers. They drafted reads your slot guy, Wicks is kind of the wild card where he can kind of he's more of like the Romeo Dobbs, but coming off of a down season. And then again, Debo is a guy that's going to threaten you deep. He's the guy out on the end that's going to make the fades and make all the plays high in the air. They got three very different wide receivers, which is what they needed for their wide receiver room, especially because Watson was the is the uh, playmaker. Dobbs is the solid do everything receiver. And Toure was clearly just a slot guy. So yeah. love what they did there. And then the same thing with what they did at, at the uh, corner and safety position, they got two guys that can play both corner and safety play in the nickel. They're guys that probably end up making this roster. And like I said, I think, uh, I think Anthony Johnson has a shot at playing. And then at the same time, Lou Nichols rounds out your running back room because you needed another running back. The only ones that I really, you know, could question is is the kicker, but you needed a kicker because Mason Crosby's not there. Now, could you have got Unders. him in the seventh round? Probably. Could you have signed him as a priority free agent? Probably. But I'm not going to nitpick it when it's uh, when it's a kicker and you needed yeah, one. It's, yeah, you needed it. The one pick that I question. Ben, are you listening? It's Sean Clifford. I hate this pick. It's disgusting. It's the worst pick it by far. Makes me want to
0: Vomit. <laughs> People are uh, hot and hot and bothered in a good way over it. Has, have you heard anyone say boo about the Packers draft? No. I've heard nothing but rave reviews, rowdy, outside of one quarterback, Sean Clifford. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in agreement here that
1: Clifford's. <sighs> hey, he made Will Levis transfer. I'm going to let's talk about <laughs> the negatives and then we'll go into the positives. So the negative. Sean Clifford. It's the only pick that I can't understand at all. Sean Clifford was drafted in the fifth round by the Packers. But my favorite part about the entire thing is you still have Packer fans and or big J's that cover the Packers that defend this pick. Hey, they need a backup quarterback. Yeah, but he's the Rose Bowl MVP. Out of all of the publications, I did not find one of them in which they had Sean Clifford higher than a priority free agent oh, and for people out there. A priority free agent is one that's going to be going to be fielding interest from teams after the draft for potentially signing to be brought into camp, you know, for the rookie minis. All that stuff. So nobody is interested in drafting him. That is what almost every single right publication said.
0: I'm on a Nittany, a Nittany Lions Wired. It's to a USA Today. The, the impression was strong enough to convince the Packers to use a fifth on draft pick on Clifford much earlier in the draft than almost everybody expected. Because no one expected him to be drafted. You know why the Packers did it? Because they had him on a visit. Remember, we were talking yeah, about him like Yeah, And a I was
1: disgusted ago? by them having him in on a visit. We joked about <laughs> it. We <laughs> joked about it weeks ago. We laughed at it. We thought I it was I funny. I put it in my journal. <laughs> we laughed at <laughs> the it. The Packers brought in Sean we Clifford. All thought it was I thought it was a funny joke. I thought it was a joke. I made, I made bets against Penn State last fall and named Sean Clifford as part of the reason why I don't like Penn State. And Rowdy, he's older than who? He's older than Jordan Love. <laughs> The Packers assumed starting now the funny thing that uh, a lot of the big Jays that that cover the Packers were saying, oh, well, he's a really good uh, he's a really good Monday through Saturday guy. The Packers were really impressed with, you know, what he knows, the ins and outs of football and and scheme and strategy. Okay, that's great. Definitely. Okay. That's we, <laughs> we, we can definitely be interested in signing him as a priority free agent after the draft. I didn't know that you now spend fifth round picks on guys that are essentially, I don't know, helping out your coordinators. A guy that you would probably say is, is more of a, a homework guy What's worse than, w- than an actual player. What's
0: worse? Yeah. Uh, spending a 5th round pick on a guy that they thought would be, you know, a priority free agent or a 6th round pick on a kicker.
1: Oh, priority free agent. 5th yeah, round picks yeah. are way more way more valuable Unders. than 6th round well, picks. And it's one of those people are like, "But he was the Penn State all-time leader. He had 5 years to do that." 5 full years. He was the Rose Bowl MVP, RJ. And Let's isn't not that forget right of a statistical game for him. Those leader. Penn State teams have had really really good tight ends, yeah. wide receivers, and running backs when he was there, too. A lot play in the NFL now. It it took him an extra season to get above Christian Hackenberg and Trace McSterley. I just can't believe you would waste a fifth-round pick on a guy that is... You are practically... You're talking him up, and the only way you can talk him up is he is a good... Essentially consultant. You now use a fifth round pick on a guy you're going to use in the, f- the future as a consultant. I'm
0: gonna read what this the hell I'm gonna read the snippet to you. This is from the the USA Today's Nittany Lions wire. When it comes to leadership and working hard, Clifford shines. He may not be as talented as other quarterbacks drafted ahead of him, or maybe even behind him. But few will be committed to working as hard as possible as Clifford.
1: <laughs> and that's well that's that was a joke. Of, I wrote down. That's what all of the big Jays were talking about. Oh, he's great Monday to Saturday. He's a guy that's gonna be in there watching the film, dissecting it, blah, 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 blah. He's gonna be the one that helps get Jordan Love ready. Since when do you use a fifth round pick on a consultant? <laughs> <laughs> he must have really Seriously. wowed him. He
0: really wowed him in that visit he had a couple weeks ago. <laughs>
1: Seriously, and
0: Goody talks about it—the visit that he had that like,
1: If it, so, full disclosure: the Packers had two sixth-round picks and four seventh-round picks. If they would have used one of those four seventh-round picks or the compensatory sixth-round pick, fine, so be it. You're filling out the roster, but you can still get guys that come in and really contribute and and stab some guys with traits in the fifth. Round here, like th- there's, you can still find players there. Here's Brian Gudikunst,
0: and why he drafted Sean Clifford in the fifth. And will they sign a veteran quarterback for camp? a camp?
2: We'll kind of see how that goes, but um, we really like, you know, what what he brings to the table. Uh, obviously, he started a lot of games in the Big Ten, has a lot of uh, experience, really good athlete, um, liked his arm talent, um, and we brought him in for a pre-draft visit and just, you know, really, you know, like the makeup of the person. So, um, but yeah, I think. You know, we've talked a little bit about here as we've you know moved to Jordan. You know, just about what we did when we had when we moved from Brett to Aaron and what we went with Brian Brom and Matt Flynn. So, um, you know, I like that room right now, and um, all those guys need reps. So, I think um, we'll probably
1: um, see how these guys do before we
2: think about bringing in a veteran right away.
1: The
0: Packers' quarterback room is Jordan Love, Danny Etling, and Sean Clifford. Yeah,
1: they have to bring somebody in. Can you say that's an E. Ikes kind of thing? Nope. Great Oof, to, the, all right, great let's. Uh,
0: uh, by the way, our, uh Zach Halpern, our sports tracker is going to join I us at seven twenty. What? Oh yeah, he was up in Green Bay for the draft. We'll talk with Zachy poo. Also talk some Badgers. We've been talking though. This guy's got the gift of gab. I got and Marshall. What's up, Corey? Good
2: morning. Hey, isn't the uh, transfer portal now closed? For it did close yesterday. For?
1: Portal closed. Oh, unless you're unless you're a grad transfer.
2: Well, that's the holiday. I'm I'm uh, celebrating not a comedy holiday. So. <laughs> Badgers, now they got got their they got, basically got their roster set from what it sounds like to me. So, yeah, Clifford, the big red dog, I'm not too impressed with that pick, Rowdy. I kind of agree on that. It's like if you want to hire a consultant, just hire, a hire consultant. the guy and pay him $100,000 a year. You don't really have to pick him the fifth-round pick to do that, what it sounds like. I
1: think he, they would have been more than fine being able to draft him in the seventh round with one of those really – I mean, I think they had the fourth-to-last pick in the draft or so. You could have used that pick on him because nobody was taking him.
2: It's kind of disconcerting because it wasn't all about the Sean Kaiser, too. Oh, that yeah, he, yeah. That yes. was his guy big time, yes. Oh. <laughs> I don't know much about old. the harbor of the Midwest there, Rowdy. Not <laughs> too impressive so far with that type of, uh, that type of talent that way at the quarterback position. It was kind of distressing. Nearly
1: enough, Corey, I had a friend, and me and this friend butted heads on this take. And he was also a big Deshaun Kaiser guy, Oof. and I looked him square in I'm the face T-U. and told him that Joshua Dobbs would have a better career <laughs> than Deshaun Kaiser. And he called me an idiot. Last I checked, Joshua Dobbs was in the NFL last year as a backup. And Deshaun Brody, Kaiser. I
2: never see you butting heads with anybody. T- like and weirdly
1: all. enough, though, he he also right, went to the Harvard of the Midwest. So
0: all right, guys, Zach Halpern, Zach. Ayer. Yay! Zach, I do know one thing though: draft picks, they come, they go. How was uh, how the draft? They, was Green they, Bay?
3: I mean, do they come and go? Because it feels like uh, uh is not going to give any of them up, and he used all of them. So they don't come and go. He, they come and he uses them.
0: Well, then they, they bring them in. They come into the facilities, and eventually they do go. You know, most yeah. Of the, after like after after, after like, like what, what three years? years yeah. Well, hey, let's just dive into this, Zach. Uh, by the way, Lucas Van Ness, uh, what was your thoughts on the 13th overall pick for the Green Bay Packers, Lucas Van Ness,
1: on Iowa? Hercules. Hercules.
3: Hercules. Hercules. Um, yes. I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd rather have a wide receiver there. I'd rather have Jackson Smith and Jimbo there, if I'm was, if i being honest. But he seems like, obviously, the exact type of player that Brian Gutekunst loves. A guy with a huge upside, a guy who's really athletic a guy who could rush the passer. So they consider uh, several positions, like, premier positions that they're going to use really good picks on, and uh, an outside edge rusher is exactly one of those premier positions, and he fits the bill. So I, I'm not surprised by any stretch. It's just I think a lot of us probably would have been okay if they have gone offense there.
0: Now, Zach, uh, you were up in Green Bay. Was Brian gudukun smiling ear to ear? Was he, like, smitten with Van Ness, Hercules?
3: He, I mean, he... He loves his athletes. He, lo- he loves his big athlete. So, yeah, I mean, he was obviously quite happy with what they got. Um, it kind of felt like a pick that you could have uh, potentially, potentially traded down and still got him. But, mm. again, uh, if you like a guy enough and it's clear that they like him a lot, take him.
0: Uh, Zach, then in uh, Dane numero dos, that's number two. Um, just said it in Spanish. But, Zach, he must really like a guy named Luke. The tight end on Oregon State, Luke Musgrave. What do we think of this one, Zachy Pooh?
3: It felt like there's a bit of a theme to their draft.
0: The guys named Luke. Uh,
3: that, but also guys that had, offensively, guys that had a ton of uh, production in 2021, and then for various reasons, kind of fell off. So Luke Musgrave. I mean, I should say Luke Musgrave never really had a huge year. I think he ended up catching like a total of about 40 something passes in his entire career, but. He was hurt pretty much all of last year, only played in two games. Um, but when he gets healthier, or when he is healthy, they think he's a guy that can get down the field, middle of the field, uh, stretch, um, stretch the defense and get vertical down the field. That's something that they haven't really had at tight ends um, in quite some time. So it's a good pick, and it goes really well with Tucker Craft, who I think probably is going to be the guy that every fan's going to love just because of how he talks and the way he acts. Um you know, talking about uh, having a few drinks before getting drafted on on Friday hell, night. Which is, hell yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. So, yeah, a couple, a double up on the side ends. And then you get a Jaden Reed, who I think uh, Wisconsin fans probably remember quite a bit, um, or should, I should say. He threw a touchdown in overtime and then caught a winning touchdown or caught the winning touchdown last uh, October against Wisconsin. So, yeah, I mean, I liked, I really liked Friday night for sure.
1: Zach, you mentioned how Packer fans are going to like Tucker Craft, the tight end out of South Dakota State. And when you're watching the draft, a lot of those, a lot of those uh, draft parties, or I guess you would say guys that are sitting around waiting, they're in you know the nice homes, probably like an agent's home or this and that. Tucker Craft looked like he was out in like a man cave or an industrial shop, <laughs> drinking beer with a lot of other people that you would look around and say, huh. This looks like somebody I know, or this looks like someplace I've been. So to your point, yeah, he looks like he is uh, very Wisconsin-esque there.
3: Well, you guys did a show in someone's
1: garage, didn't you? Correct. <laughs> and it could have been that yeah, garage. I mean, it was a man. That's, it was, that's what I'm saying. A
0: garage is like a, an offensive term for that, though. It was, it was more than a garage, Zach.
1: It was, right.
3: a, it was, yeah, a, no, it was a
0: palatial space
3: of, yeah, of manhood. That's kind of, that's kind of what draft party looked like I mean they had he uh they had him I saw when he got the call there was a video that South Dakota put out South Dakota State put out of him getting the call and like he's got this mic he's like telling everybody to shut up so they can hear um no it was that was awesome um he's I think people are gonna as I said I think people are gonna really enjoy watching him
1: a funny part about it too was the fact that so he's from South Dakota he went to South Dakota State and just in general, the state of South Dakota—they don't have a football team. So you had people wearing Packer jerseys, you had people wearing Viking jerseys, you had random NFL jerseys, all in this legitimate shop, <laughs> and they're drinking beer, and they literally look like people you know.
3: Yeah, I man, it's 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 fantastic. I think that you know the it was really notable um, when he was talked when we talked to the media afterwards. He had he had a chance to go to he didn't he wouldn't say names but a, a lot of ton, a ton of money a ton of money that he could have gotten after 2021 to go play in the SEC and he decided not to he turned it down went back to went back to Brookings he missed time he was one of those guys that said that missed time in 2022 missed I think six games last year but then came back helped them win national championship. Um, So he's, he's a, I I think he's a really down to home guy. I mean, how many people are going to be turning down? How many people are going to be turning down six figures, like a high six figures to go into play in the SEC, just to go back to South Dakota. He is one of those people that did. Yeah. And
1: I believe the one big rumored SEC school that you're referring to was Alabama. Hey,
0: Zach. Uh, Yes.
1: Uh, I'm going to skip over
0: Colby Wooden out of Auburn. Um, Well, if you want to say something quick about Colby, is it your favorite kind of cheese? Zach. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. I, I want to get into this because a lot of people are thinking this pick is bad. Not many people had him going in uh, the fifth round. Hell, people talking about you could have been a preferred free agent. Packers, pick number one forty nine in the fifth round, choose quarterback, Penn State, Sean Clifford. Huh? Woof. Yeah. yeah. What's can, Woof.
3: yeah.
0: Can you give me something like okay. good? Give me something good before I, we get I to mean, the bad.
3: All time leading passer, all time completions later, I think all-time touchdowns later. Yeah, isn't that because he went uh, to school to
0: be a doctor?
3: Well, I mean, he did He did play for five years, yes. <laughs> um, but, hey, did you know that he beat out Will Levis at one point? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, and he doesn't he put mail in his
1: coffee.
0: But I
3: figured. True.
1: Yeah, and Dwayne also, Haskins beat out Joe Burrow.
3: Yeah. Uh, also, uh, yes, good point. All right. <laughs> also, <laughs> who who is the guy that beat out Justin Fields again? Uh, uh, that was Aaron Murray at, at, at Georgia Aaron yeah. Murray All right. so there we go beating out guys yeah so, so worked out hey, he caught well. on the with who... the
1: practice squad
3: mm. yeah powerful? so Sean yeah Sean Clifford eh, I, he's a guy that you definitely could have gotten later but they also said that you know when he talked uh, yesterday on Saturday I should say that he was the highest there was a run on quarterbacks and he was the highest guy left on their board and they decided that they uh, that they wanted him and when there wasn't like if if he had gone there wouldn't have been any yeah, other quarterbacks that they like allegedly. So, they take him. I
0: He must have really wowed in guess, his visit a couple weeks do? ago.
3: I mean, that's what Matt LaFleur said that that he uh they really liked the personality that he had. I guess people are saying he can be another coach, but the dude's older than Jordan Love. Yeah. So, um it's it's not a situation where you're expecting him ever to come in and be your quarterback, like, full-time quarterback, probably, number one quarterback. He you're, probably came in and he told to be a backup.
0: He probably came in and told Gutekunst in the floor that he thought Rodgers was a bum and an a-hole, too. He's like, oh, yeah, I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, oh,
1: welcome that, aboard. That, like, that. the yes, I, I saw all that, too, <laughs> welcome Zach. Welcome aboard. And I get, you know, it's good to have a guy like that. I, I totally understand it. But at the same time, it's like, do we now use fifth-round picks on, essentially, consultants?
3: Yeah, um... They do apparently. I, I I don't like the pick. I don't think any I don't think there's too many people that do like the pick. But it is what it is.
0: Anything else in the draft before I get some Badger news? Anything else in the draft, Zachy? That uh, you like the collection? A of, of gaggle of wide receivers, a running back, a safety. What do you think?
3: Mm, Quarterback. It was. I mean, the fact that they used all thirteen was a little bit of a surprise. I and mean, I thought at some point they would trade up, maybe uh, use two seventh rounders to move up or a little or something like that. They used all 13. I don't know how many. I I think that kind of speaks to maybe where they think their roster is, but um, I think there's a good chance that a lot of these guys are going to make it. Um, But I I am excited for what they did for Jordan Love on Friday night with uh, with what they did in the second and third round, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. So, Zachy, uh, I want to switch gears a little bit here to Wisconsin. Uh, Many are saying that Jack Citchy is validated. Over what has occurred over uh, <laughs> the Mifflin Street Block Party uh, before, Zach? Have you ever heard of a success story from Mifflin Street Block Party?
3: There have been very few success stories. I think obviously you remember Mifflin. I'm sure RJ remembers Mifflin. Well, yeah. my success know. is get, coming right.
0: away without a ticket, and I guess uh, yeah, with, <laughs>
3: without getting those little plastic handcuffs on that. That was. That was usually the biggest win for everybody. No, I've never brought um, I've
0: never brought a gun with me to any of those parties. Uh, so that's another success for me, I guess. Not getting busted for a, um, a, 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 allegedly a stolen I've gun. A
3: stolen, stolen gun? I've never stolen yeah. a gun either, though. So I've never owned a. Well, I shouldn't say that. Um, I yes, I've never brought a gun to any place that where alcohol is involved. So <laughs> it's it's a, it's a it's not great. It's like what what's the need of it? What's the need? Again, the, the well,
0: so people are wondering uh, I guess Marcus I Allen was arrested uh over the weekend at Mifflin and apparently allegedly. N- news allegedly allegedly news three now was reporting that allegedly there was a stolen handgun allegedly in mm-hmm. his alleged backpack allegedly
3: that is allegedly the story yes um <laughs> he's facing potential, according to news three now which is the only uh, outlet that is actually reporting this
2: yeah allegedly.
3: Uh, that uh, on, on the charges on the actual on the potential charges that he could face um you know it's even if you have a permit, it's still illegal to carry uh, while intoxicated. Yeah, so it makes it null
0: and void. It,
3: yeah. So um, we'll see what happens. He was a guy that he, I thought would be in the transportal after you know the transportal closed. Well he was in the transport portal. He was originally. Went to Minnesota then committed to Minnesota, then decided not to commit to Minnesota, came back to Wisconsin, Jack said she obviously not happy about it, uh, went out and said exactly what I think a lot of people were probably thinking in the moment. Um, and took a lot of crap for it. And, uh, as you said, might have been proven correct. Wow, valid, um, validation. For, 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 yeah, for him. You know, what's funny is, uh, you know, Jack was obviously on the coaching staff last year as an, as an analyst. And ever after that happened, everyone's like, there's, there's no way he's going to be around anymore. He was around the ton this spring, watching practice. Um, so. Uh, Looks like he analyzed uh, correctly about what Marcus Allen.
1: Just on this topic, you talk about how you thought Marcus Allen was going to be back in the transfer portal. They have a ton of receivers. He hasn't separated himself or clearly been like, I'm a guy that deserves to be on this roster. Now you go out and do something like this. I think it was safe to say he was close to the chopping block before this. I feel like you're probably off it now. And you have to remember like Luke Fickle's first year, like he's not messing around. At least I wouldn't think so. I would, I would think he's done. Unless he wants to go shooting.
0: I
3: mean, when you, when you say he hasn't separated himself, he actually has. He's separated himself in the fact that he should not be on this team. Um, (laughs) Both, both, both for his actions off the field and for his actions down the field. He just, he wasn't good enough. He was like their third string slot for much of it. He missed, the last three or four practices of spring and wasn't even there for the last practice. So I think it was always headed this way, but um, this should probably put the cap around it. You would think. And now we wait to see what else, you know, who else was taken into custody um, and whether that could potentially, you know, this could potentially be bigger than just Marcus Allen.
0: Man. Yeah. Again, never heard of a success story out of Mifflin besides like dodging, getting, you know,
1: stabbed? That happened one time. Someone got stabbed. I was going to say, that. every single Badger player that's ever named in Mifflin, it's not a good thing. No. Uh, no, Zach- absolutely <laughs> not.
0: Zach, um, now that spring ball uh, has concluded, the launch has, you know, I guess landed again. Zach, I have a question here from one of our listeners. He uh, wants me to ask, which quarterback looks most like Grand Murps? Uh, Graham Mertz, excuse me, on this Badger's... Murps. Murps. <laughs> Graham Mertz on this Badger staff.
3: Hmm... <laughs> There is no Graham Mertz on this, on this.
0: Oh, thank God! Quarterback nice. in,
3: in this quarterback room. Uh, which one? Uh, so, what you're looking for there is a guy who is extremely inconsistent and will have one great day and then a, one horrible day, and uh, throws guys high, and throws behind guys, and then has like these perfect passes uh, every other every other practice. I don't. There, there really wasn't that guy in the most um, spring. So, yeah. So not done. to say that. Not to say that none of those quarterbacks are going to throw interceptions or didn't throw interceptions. Everyone saw that during the launch, but for the, for the most part, we haven't seen anything like that.
0: Zach, you are the absolute man, brother. Um, mm. The mm. absolute man. Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, shown at the New York Rangers game as well as the New York Knicks game on the Jumbo Tron. Did you miss him at all? If you saw those photos, did you miss him?
3: Has he bought into those franchises yet to – Try and say that he's a local when he's really
0: not. Do you think it's weird that he's a minority owner of the Milwaukee Bucks refused to go any of the games, but went to uh, the Knicks and/or Rangers? Anyone else find that troublesome?
3: I think, I think, I think it's on
0: brand. <laughs> Jordan Love, uh, Era, Zach, how are we feeling? Is this draft class going to do it uh, for him? Before I let you go,
3: this this particular draft class combined with the last draft class is going to be very interesting. Very interesting. You see, He's got, he's got some weapons. He's not exactly like Aaron Rodgers uh, when he stepped in and had all those guys to throw to. But um, it's, a, it's a nice start, I think, for them. Now we'll see what they maybe add a veteran or two. And uh, we'll see how this offseason plays out.
0: Zach, you're an absolute legend, and we love you so much. Mm, love you too, guys. Have a great Monday, Zachy. <laughs> all right. Smuchas. Later. Bye.
1: Not a fan of the Sean Clifford pick, Rowdy. I haven't found one person. <laughs>
0: Uh, Rowdy and I are both in the same vein here when it comes to one Shohei Otani. Uh, Brewers lose three 0 nothing yesterday. They did take the series uh, two out of three against the Angels. Good series for the Brewers. Totally it was uh they, they did it in many different facets, Rowdy. Uh, I know they didn't score it all yesterday, but uh what did they do? It was on Friday night, they won two to one and then they won seven to five on Saturday and then lost three to nothing yesterday. Well, good series for the crew. Shohei Otani, though, Rowdy, he hit a home run yesterday. Do you have the stat in front of you? You want to read it off?
1: Yeah, I I don't think I... I thought I liked it, so I kept it as a bookmark.
0: Well, I got it right here. Shohei Otani shot off Colin Ray, reached 162 feet above the field. That is the highest since StatCast started tracking in 2015. That is the uh, solo shot that helped the Brewers fall 3-0. A hundred... And 62 feet above the field, Colin Ray said, and I quote, I watched it. I knew it was gone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the crazy part about that is I know some of the Brewers beat writers put it out there on Twitter that it almost hit the roof of American Family Field. And it still went out to dead center, essentially, which is the farthest part of the ballpark at American family field. And I do believe for the stat cast, like you said, it was the highest ball ever hit that left the park (laughs) since they started tracking that in 2015, his launch angle, I believe was 39 degrees. And we talk about Christian Yelich at length with launch angle and how launch angle has become a big thing in baseball and hitting these days. 39 degrees is unheard of for hitting a home run. Most of the time, that's the one where a guy hunts. unfortunately gets under it, hits it a billion feet in the air, and then it's caught out in the outfield because it just <laughs> didn't have the power <laughs> because of the angle that it was hit at to get out. Shohei Otani must have absolutely mashed that ball. He to have whammy. To have it go that high... And have an angle of thirty nine degrees, and it still get out. Normally, when they're talking about launch angle, and we're like, "Oh, Christian Yelich's launch angle sucks. It's you know eight degrees or twelve degrees. He's hitting everything to the ground." Normally, like your perfect launch angle to hit home runs is somewhere between like twenty and twenty eight degrees. Mm-hmm. That's like your your pinpoint home run. You just crushed it. That thing is is like a missile leaving the park. Thirty nine degrees. It's like freaking. <gasps> Man, he's a, he crushed that ball.
0: That dude's a beast. I mean, Shohei Otani, uh 7th home run of the season. It was an 85.9 mile power cutter from Colin Ray, too. So it wasn't even that fast of a pitch.
1: Well, the one thing like watching it on the on the TV was he hit it so high, you could tell he hit it high. And the the center fielder's getting back to the wall and the you're like, "Okay, gone. okay, it looks like this thing might kind of die in the park cuz he hit it so high." No, it carried out. Man, he just—that um, yeah. was a bomb. The ball off the bat with a one
0: hundred and fourteen point three exit velocity, at uh, a hang time of six point nine eight seconds. It's, it's a pretty long hang time. Up there. See,
1: <laughs> we when we were when we were back in the day playing, we used to actually grab like a pitching machine and have them shoot like really weird, uh, really high balls to the outfield, so that when you do have one. That gets hit that high, you have some experience catching it, and those really—it's like two two of the harder ones if you're an outfielder to catch are the missiles hit right at you because they're extremely tough to judge, and the extremely high ones for like youth baseball players because your depth perception and it coming down can be so off. <laughs> you compare of youth baseball to major leaguers? I'm saying youth high school. Okay. I'll sh- I'll shoot some super high balls at you and see the difference. Between no, I just like a, no,
0: I know I couldn't do it. But you know,
1: I'm not a major league baseball player. No, but what I'm getting at is how hard it would be to judge that down there in center field. But it looked like the guy had a good beat on it. The fact that it kept carrying and got out of the ballpark is the insane part. It was gone. He hit it so high.
0: She gone. Uh, let's see here. Otani is batting three ninety four. 13 for 33 in his last eight games. Two doubles, one triple, three homers, seven RBIs, and four stolen bases. He's hitting also 294 with 18 RBIs this season. And the two-way star is 4-0 and with a 1.85 ERA on the mound.
2: <laughs> dude's, a,
0: dude's, a, dude's a beast. Yeah, but
1: how about earlier in the series, since we're talking about Otani, obviously Mike Trout. Mike Trout hit two home runs on Saturday night, and they still lost. Yeah. So, like that's that's been the joke with the Angels the last few years. Here's how can you have two of the best players in the entire sport, and yet at the same time you're lo- you're losing games. Yeah. Here's the tweet: Mike Trout had a pair of home runs, a single, and a sacrifice fly to drive in five runs, and Shohei Ohtani had three singles, two stolen bases as the Brewers defeated the Angels seven to five. <laughs> Hey, how about this stat, Rowdy? Uh, Christian Yelich had the day off,
0: and the Brewers' homestand, he hit 192, 5 of 26, with no home runs and four RBIs during the nine-game homestand. How about that for Yelly? <laughs>
3: it's...
0: You also... give me Mike Trout's stat, I'll give you a Yelly stat. <laughs>
3: there was
1: also a really, really funny uh, picture that I saw that was going around, and it was, I believe, from the Saturday night box score where, again, Trout hit two home runs, a sack fly, a single. Shoyotani Ohtani had three singles. It was Mike Trout with that stat line, Shoyotani Ohtani with all of his hits, and the only other guy that really contributed was the leadoff hitter. Everyone else was like 0 oh for 3, 0 oh for 4. And they're like, the the caption of the tweet was, a typical Angels box score. Mike <laughs> Trout and Shoyotani doing everything, everyone else doing nothing.
0: Uh, so now, Rowdy, uh, Brewers acquired something. Uh, they did a little wheeling and dealing.
1: <laughs> I just got a text message from our guy, John, who's an Angels fan. He oh, hey, quit piling on. Hey, Johnny.
0: Uh, I also, Dave from Onona is now going, losing it on me that he got threatened in a Twitter space. Like, I have something to do with it. One, else with one with.
1: other thing from, from yesterday that was pretty funny is when the Angels were throwing over while Rowdy Teles was on first. And there was a video that was captured of Rowdy Tellez talking to the pictures, pitcher saying, "WTF? Why I'm fat? <laughs> I'm not stealing." <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Why I'm fat?
0: <laughs> well, how about this? Uh, did the Brewers get a steal, Rowdy, in their newest acquisition? What do you think? What do you think? Of yeah, Trevor
1: Miguel. Now Miguel, not he, Miguel. Miguel. Yeah, Miguel. M E G I L L. They acquired him from the Twins in exchange for a player to be named later or cash they're assigning him to AAA. <laughs> I love
0: that. A player to be named later or cash.
1: Trevor Miguel though, he was a guy that has seen parts of two seasons in big league baseball. This guy throws hard and he's got really really good spin rates and really really good Ks per 9. His one downside is that his ERA has been quite high in those two years of big league baseball, but if you look at his FIP, which is fielding independent, uh Stat that is where you take out uh, what should be an out the errors in defense or lack thereof. Defense behind you, his FIPS have actually been way better and way lower than what his actual ERA is, and at the same time, like I said. His K's per nine and his spin rates are really, really good. I think this could be a guy that actually ends up. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to come in and be some all star pitcher for him, but he's a guy that could contribute to this bullpen in the future, especially because bullpen is a big question mark. And we've seen guys like Javi Guerra, who had an ERA almost around <laughs> 10, he got DFA'd. Like, they need arms. This This could be another arm that has a little bit of juice to it. Is he going to be great? Probably not, but he could bring a little bit of a boost to a bullpen that that might need a little bit of a shot in the arm here at some point this year. But have you seen some of the injury reports for the bruins Yeah, I was just going
0: to get into that. Brandon Woodruff, uh, his MRIs came back looking good. He's going to start throwing soon, right?
1: So that was the fun. That was that was kind of made me chuckle because remember when it was going to miss about two starts, cautionary. Yeah, let's two to three starts. We think he'll be back. No, it turns out best case scenario. So they got good news. Yeah, it's not season ender, but it was funny because now at best, he'll be back at the end of June when originally they told us two or three starts and yeah, be better safe than sorry. Now on the other injury fronts, you have Adrian Hauser made another start. It looks like he's going to make one more start in triple a before he will come back and rejoin the Brewers. So that'll be a boost. Gus Varlin sounded like he needed one more appearance in Triple A. Yeah, he's good. He was going to rejoin the Milwaukee Brewers, so that again helps the bullpen. Hauser, whether he's used as a starter and or a long man, that helps either the rotation or the bullpen. And then Tyrone Taylor, he's looking like he's close. They said he probably will need a couple more games in Triple A. He'll be ready to go. That helps obviously because Garrett Mitchell. Yeah, they put him on the done for the year yeah, he's with done. the shoulder issue so that's a bummer looks like the brewers might be getting a little bit of a boost here and getting a little healthier in the next week or so yeah
0: and this is crazy about the nl central who in their right mind ever thought the pittsburgh pirates on may 1st would be leading the way Twenty and nine, a game and a half above the brewers for first place cubs are third reds uh second to last and the cardinals dead last
1: <laughs> john brings up a good point here over the weekend, Javi Guerra was traded to the Rays for, again, a player to be named later or cash. Yeah, For a guy with an ERA around 10, for a guy that has never been good in all of his stints in the big leagues for the last few years, I'm going to guess they probably got a couple hundred thousand and or they're probably going to be getting like some low A-ball pitcher that's like 25 and has absolutely no future. <laughs> Uh, but that's, he's got that's absolutely the thing. no future. That Klaus was the Samantha. guy that was the end of the bullpen for the bullpen that was a huge question mark because there wasn't a ton of proven talent there. Yeah. That's why that's why Trevor Miguel could be important at some point down down the road because he's got a little bit of juice. <laughs>